0: digital marketer. This week, it's Elise Dharma. Hello, and welcome to the Digital Marketer Podcast. I'm your host, Jenna Snavely, and we've got a sizzling ep for y'all today. (laughs) I talked with Elise Dharma. She's an Instagram and social media genius who specializes in helping businesses build their brands on Instagram, starting from scratch, and helps them bring in revenue. My favorite part about her methods is that you really only need about 1,000 followers to bring in thousands of dollars in revenue. She helps her clients and students do it every single day. And today we're so lucky because she gives us incredibly tactical information on how you can do it too. Enjoy. (music) Hello, Elise. Welcome to the Digital Marketer Podcast. Thanks so much, Jenna. I'm excited to be here. Yeah, I'm really excited to have you. There's so much that we have to talk about. And before we get into like the nitty gritty, I just want, I want you to introduce yourself and in your own words, tell everyone who you are and what you do and why you
1: do it. Sure. I always find this question funny because it's like, how far back do you want me to go? Childhood, right. <laughs> my, my teens, my 20s, because I do see where I'm at today as a full circle moment in terms mm-hmm. of who I've been my whole life. I grew up in a very conservative upbringing, very conservative religion that taught me to live life according to a set of rules. And as a teenager, especially as a 17, 18 year old, I discovered I really did not like rules. Like (laughs) as much as I was a goody two-shoes, straight A student, top of class my whole life, I really discovered that when I was 18 and I went traveling with a group of people around Europe for a month and I was free to be whoever I wanted to be, like no one knew my upbringing. It was addicting, that feeling of just total and utter freedom. So I really think that moment put me on this path of, ooh, I want more of that in my life. And I got back home and I did the regular thing that you're supposed to do, which is go to school. I I went to three different universities before I graduated finally with a degree in uh, radio and television arts, it's called. And I got a job and I thought I was doing what I was supposed to do, even though I was a couple of years behind already because I delayed my studies. And honestly, within a year or two of working a regular day job, I just was bored. Like the mm. only way I could describe it was I felt dead inside. I would mm. sit at my desk and I loved my coworkers. I loved the social aspect, but the work, the bureaucracy of the organization, the fact that I didn't want my boss's job, like it all just killed me a little bit inside. And my desktop at that time was of a co-working space in Bali called Hubud. And it literally is like a tree house. It looks like a tree house for adults that you work from. Oh my God. This was in 2012, <laughs> I think I discovered it. And it was my screensaver. It was the goal. And so that year, someone in my network said, hey, Elise, you know, social media, right? Can you grow my Instagram for my new fashion brand? And that's when a light bulb went off, because I'd already read the four hour work week. I, you know, wasn't sure if I should do like an e-com business or like a video services business. And this person said, can you grow my Instagram? And this was in 2013, by the time we got started. So back then, Instagram was like, A hangout for teenagers. You know, uh, my first post was of me with a Movember mustache because no (laughs) one followed me. Right, I just didn't care, and so that's when I was able to learn, kind of undercover, because I didn't have a personal brand. I didn't tell anyone what what I was doing, but I was able to learn how to grow. This account specifically for teens to attract teens to grow their brand. And we were able to hit 100,000 followers in less than six months, which oh my God. is unheard of now. But back then, we really dove into influencer marketing. And that was my job, sending free sweatshirts to teens around the world and making them <laughs> post a post about it. And so with that client, that really gave me the confidence to say yes to a few more clients on the side of my day job. And nine months later, I was able to quit when one of my clients wanted to hire me for two days a week. That was my fork in the road decision. And it was harder than I expected. You know, I thought I wanted to be my own boss for so long. And then when the opportunity was there to leave my benefits, to leave my friends, to leave that normalcy, it was scary, especially as someone who loves their routine and their creature comforts. So I quit my job and then that was in 2014. And that put me on the path to grow an agency and and have a full-time roster of clients. Not too many, just enough to satisfy my travel habit. (laughs) And then in (laughs) 2016, I thought, okay, this has been fun, you know, but my income has been the same every year, right? I've just made enough. And so in 2016, I thought, I want to make more money. I want to have financial independence. I don't want just location independence. And so that's when I thought, oh, I know Instagram. Why don't I grow my own profile as proof to future clients that I can do this and then I'll get more clients. And so that's what I did over the summer of 2016. I used all my travel photos and stories and grew a profile kind of in the travel space and hit 30,000 followers by the end of summer and then hit 60,000 by the end of the year. The problem was no one following me wanted my agency services. They wanted to know, how was I traveling? You know, how was I growing on Instagram? And this was in 2016. I I know this is so prevalent now, but it wasn't as common then that you Mm -hmm. were a digital nomad and you were using Instagram as a marketing tool. So that's what then led me to creating my personal brand which is the Elise Dharma brand. That's when I thought, "Huh, there's something here, you know?" They don't want my e-commerce services, but I thought, "You know, let me hire a business coach. First time I ever thought to do that and have them help me create this personal brand." So that's what put me on the path today, which is where I learned, you know, webinars and mini e-products and funnels and even more Instagram marketing. So that's really my focus now. The agency that's on the back burner, but today I'm just a full-time Instagram educator for business owners.
0: Yeah, and that that's incredible too because I can't tell you how many times we've had incredibly successful entrepreneurs say four-hour work week, number one, as like a major influence in their decision to become an entrepreneur. And then also, you know, I've heard time and time again, the risk is in seeing the world without the rules that you mentioned, you know, we had Brad Martineau on and he called it aluminum foil walls that it's like the rules don't exist. And I think, you know, so many of these entrepreneurial stories connect because it's kind of the same where people are taking this risk and they're creating their own life and, It's just really incredible. I mean, coming from someone who does have a nine to five, I'm like, oh, dang, that's really cool. (laughs) So you have so many, so much experience in growing business, not just your clients, but your own. And I know there's, there's something you call the four seasons of business. Could you talk a little bit about that?
1: Yeah, this is something that really was on my mind right when I started my agency, right after I quit my job. And I went through a season of needing to focus on my personal life, which was completely unexpected because I had just, you know, uprooted my business life and I was just a new solopreneur and I was really sensitive to feedback from my friends and family. And then at the same time, went through the hardest breakup that I'd ever experienced. Mm-hmm. It was completely unexpected. And as someone who really values security, who now felt really insecure with this new path of being an entrepreneur, it doubled that. So I remember this was back in 2014. I was probably depressed for a little while. I couldn't really get off my couch. And when it came to my new business and client work, it was literally a matter of getting the bare minimum done so I wouldn't lose clients. That's where my head was at. And I recognized then that I was in a season of needing to focus on my personal life, as inconvenient of a time as it was. And my business was on the back burner. And I was in that season for a good eight to 10 months of just letting the business float, basically. Mm. And as that part of my life became a little bit more resolved and I was able to heal from that I could sense that I was really shifting towards business being the focus. And it really has been a big focus since that 2015 shift. So this is a concept that I've always have have had in the back of my mind. And it was last summer, I was riding my bike thinking about my students who all want to use Instagram to grow their business. And I was thinking, how can I break this down so that it's simple for them? Because Instagram today... Is an amazing marketing and sales tool. We know that. All the features from Facebook, they're going to Instagram to help us really cultivate relationships with our followers and our customers. But on the flip side, a lot of my students are new to using Instagram and it's overwhelming because there's so many features and it Mm -hmm. could become like a part time job every day, just managing your Instagram. So I was riding my bike and I was thinking about this for a long time in the back of my head. And I thought about the seasons. It was the summer when this happened and I thought about the seasons and I thought, what if I applied this idea to how we use Instagram? What if you didn't have to use all the features and all the tools of Instagram? What if you could only use a specific amount of tools or a small set of them according to the season of business that we're in right now? What does my business need the most right now? And when I thought about what a business needed, it went through several phases. So the first phase was visibility. This is the phase that most of us are in for most of the year. That's one differentiation is that seasons are not equal like weather seasons. But Mm -hmm. generally businesses need visibility. So when my students come to me and they say, I need more followers, I need more people to know who I am, that's when they're in a season of visibility. I then find that my students feel like they get enough followers, it's usually around a thousand or a couple thousand, and then they want engagement. They want to know why their followers are there. What are their followers wanting or expecting from them? And so that's the next season. And we go through the engagement season just through little blips. So if ever you're sending out a survey to get customer feedback or audience feedback, or you're you're wanting to jump on calls just to understand why your audience is there, I, I call that a season of engagement. And in terms of Instagram for people, that's often just wanting to literally boost their engagement. They want more comments, likes, DMs, shares, all that great stuff. And so then after you have an engaged audience, you then naturally want to know who's interested in your stuff. And so I call that the season of lead generation. Who in your audience is not just interested in your stuff, but they're willing to put their hand up. They're willing to give you an email address. They're willing to get on a call with you those are the people who are leads in your business. Obviously, that's not going to be all your followers, right? That's just going to be a small percentage of people who are with you and they're interested. And then naturally, after you have leads, it comes down to can you help those leads become sales in your business? Is your offer exactly what they need to help them get over that problem that they're having. So that's the last season is closing sales. And again, Instagram is an amazing tool for all of these seasons, but some features within Instagram are better for all of these seasons than others. So that's what I mean by this method is you don't have to do all the things on Instagram, but be strategic depending on what your business needs the most right now.
0: Yeah, and I I love how they all build on each other because you you have to start with, getting eyeballs, and then you move into engaging those eyeballs. It's just a natural progression in the relationship. So as far as those seasons go, can you talk about some of the tools? You don't have to give everything away,
1: but just a little bit. (laughs) for sure. Yeah. So let's talk about, let's say you as a business owner know what season you're in. And I always tell my students when in doubt, you're in a season of visibility. You Mm. want eyeballs. You want new people to know about you, right? So let's say you're in a season of visibility. So one tool that you can use within Instagram is hashtags. Hashtags are designed to get new eyeballs over to your posts and then therefore your profile. So you can use hashtags on your posts, either in the caption or in the first comment, doesn't matter. Just make sure you, if you do the first comment, make sure it's there within 30 seconds. And then you can also include hashtags within your stories up to 10. Why is this important? Hashtags actually have their own pages now that people can follow. So, if people are really interested in your niche or your industry, they're likely following hashtags related. So, when you're using hashtags on your posts, in your stories, you have a better chance at showing up for those pages that people are following. So, that's one way to get visibility. Another way is a method that I call the 531 method. And this relates to posting, when you're posting on Instagram to get the most out of it. After you've posted a feed post, let's say, what I like to do is click into one of your hashtags that you just used. You can use up to 30, but make sure you have like three or five really good top hashtags. Click into one of them and go ahead and look at other recent posts that just used that hashtag. Go ahead and like five of those posts because- The reason why I say this is because when you're looking at posts that recently used a hashtag, chances are they're still live in their app, just like you are, right? That's what we all do. We post and then we hang around to see what our engagement's like. So go ahead and interact with posts that are using your same target hashtag. So like five of them, the next part of this is go watch some of their stories. So if you see like a colorful rainbow ring around their profile picture, tap on it, watch their stories. And I would like to encourage my students to reply to three of them. So that's the five, three. Why do you reply to stories? If they accept your reply, you've then created a, a private direct message thread between your two accounts. And even though it might not amount to anything today, you never know what that connection will turn into, right? It could be that you've intrigued them enough that they look at your profile, they follow you, Come to mind two weeks later, they message you again. That's the relationship building aspect. And then the one of the five three one is leaving a comment. So go ahead and leave comments on other posts that have used that hashtag. So hashtags are really key for the visibility season. The other aspect is for visibility is when you're posting to your stories, and you tap the square happy face, I believe it is. Is it that one? Yes. That gives you all the stickers and gifts options. Yeah. There is a row that Instagram gives us of stickers that are literally designed for visibility. So next time you're posting your stories, check tap that square happy face and look for visibility stickers like the location tag, right? If you tag your location, that's another way for people to see your post and see your story. There's the mention sticker. So that's how you can mention other accounts. And again, they get notified that you mentioned them in in the story. And then there's also a hashtag sticker. So those are literally Instagram's built in like, hey, you want new eyeballs on your post? Use these in your stories. So those are just a few ideas for the visibility season. If you want me to go into other seasons, I can.
0: Yeah, of course. I do just want to comment on how, to me, the biggest thing I got out of that, all the visibility um, methods, especially the five, three, one is that it's not just about being seen. It's about seeing others and actively being engaged and in the community as well. You know, you can't go to a party and like do a lap. You
1: want to talk to people and then people will remember you were there. <laughs> yeah. I honestly think that's probably the biggest mistake that businesses make is they want to automate everything. They want to pre-write, pre-schedule, which I'm a fan of. I love tools that allow you to schedule, but then they're never in the app themselves engaging with accounts. They just expect for them to be able to show up and people to just flock to them. But Instagram really is a relationship building tool. So uh, getting visibility does involve more than just posting on your part. It is about you reaching out and connecting to people as well as them doing the same to you. Hey DM listeners, did you know that you can generate leads from Instagram without using any landing pages or websites? If you're not sure what I'm talking about, Instagram actually allows businesses and influencers to set up automations to automatically capture leads through the Instagram inbox. So this means that you can generate leads for your business all using 100% automated Instagram messages. And the good news is our friends at Bot Builders can show you exactly how to do it. They're an industry leader and these guys have landed some of the biggest clients in the world. So if you want to learn how to use Instagram automation to generate leads, go check out their free training at botwebinar.com. They'll show you exactly how it works. You'll see a live demo and also how you can start using their pre-built templates to start going after big clients yourself. Once again, that's botwebinar.com.
0: Yeah. Well, let's go into that engagement piece. And, you know, so you've been engaging with people, you've gotten some visibility, you've gotten eyeballs, new followers, and you're ready to create a little community under your page. How does someone do that?
1: How does someone really make their page hang out for people in their industry or their niche? Yeah. What's that engagement piece like? That's the thing is it's one thing to get eyeballs over to your page. But the whole reason why you're doing that in terms of visibility is so that when they check you out, it's like, oh, this person is perfect for me. This person is someone I'd love to follow. But then after that, you don't want them to just be a passive follower, right? You, that's when you get uh, low engagement rate. That's when you get, you know, quote unquote, ghost followers who don't engage. So how do you treat this, your platform as, like you said, a community hangout? Because that's exactly what I recommend for it to be. So for that, I don't recommend that you aim for tens of thousands or hundreds of thousands of followers, because as we know, when you grow, your engagement does drop. So just aim for like a thousand good quality followers, maybe a couple thousand. You could do so much with that amount. Um, I do find that your engagement is best when it's a thousand or a couple thousand. So the first thing you could do for engagement is including things like call to actions in your captions. So this is something that I feel like I have said for years, like I feel like it should be and is common knowledge. But then when I reviewed my students' accounts, I still see people writing captions. Sometimes they're short, sometimes they're small, sometimes they're great stories, but there's nothing given to the reader to do next. That's how you Mm -hmm. get engagement is incentivize or invite someone to do something as simple as leaving a comment below to keep your conversation going. I don't really encourage people to tell people to like the post. That's an old tactic. It doesn't really get you anywhere, but Mm -hmm. definitely comments are great. And my more favorite engagement tactics or asks of your audience is one is to ask your audience to save the post. So if they save it for future reference, so if you've just created a post, that's really juicy. There's lots of details, how to's, or even if it's inspiring, you can ask them to save this post for future reference when they feel XYZ or when they need XYZ. When you go ahead and check out the insights of your posts, if you're seeing that more people are saving your post more than anything, more than liking, commenting, to me, that's a win. I have so many posts where, you know, there's a certain number of likes and then double the amount of saves. That's what I want. The other way that you can really ask people to do something that's high value is to share your post. So that is the paper airplane icon. And if you've created something that's really shareable for your readers, meaning it makes them look smarter or better, by sharing their post to their stories, that's great. That is the, like my favorite kind of content to create. When I can create something that makes someone look smarter or better or happier or healthier, they're more likely to share my post to their stories and get me in front of their audience. So that one is actually my favorite, but it does, you do have to really put yourself in your follower's shoes, right? Like what's something that I can share that they're gonna be like, yes, that's so me. I have to share this and let my audience know. That is That piece of content, that type, I've found to be really powerful, especially in 2020. So that's just call to actions, just in your captions. Again, if we go over to Instagram stories, just like there's visibility stickers, there are also engagement stickers, and they're usually right below the visibility stickers. So I'm talking things like the poll sticker, the question sticker, the countdown sticker, the slider the quiz, the chat, there are so many. And these are honestly the easiest ways to get quick engagement in your stories. People love to share their opinions. So I love asking, I love dropping in a poll in my stories. Does the feedback really influence my you know, my content or my day? No, but it's a great way for me to share something, pique some curiosity and allow someone to give their input just with a tap of a finger, right? So I find the poll stickers really the easiest. Questions, I find when you leave something open-ended and someone has to work to think about what to say back to you, you're going to not get as much feedback. So Mm. make it easy for your people. And when Instagram's algorithm sees that you're sharing in stories, people are watching all the way through and engaging with a sticker at the end, more people are going to see it because Instagram knows people are engaged. So more people will see it. And then One of my favorite engagement stickers has been the chat sticker, although I haven't seen it in a while. Mm. I feel like Instagram took it off this past summer, but the chat sticker has been really great to invite people who are hyper interested in what you're talking about to create a private chat with you. And I've known some people to use the chat sticker to build a list of like hot leads as they're leading up to a launch or, or some sort of promotion. And the people in that private chat will convert way better than anyone else. So I believe Instagram has updated the chat feature to the DM me feature. So you can always encourage people to DM you, which is when in doubt, if you don't know how to get people to engage with you, ask them to DM you. Because, again, that private thread is so powerful for building a relationship and closing sales. You can send unlimited links through a DM, you can send video, you can send photo, you can send a voice note. It's just so powerful and unlimiting. And especially if you're a big brand, people feel like, whoa, she answered me? Like, oh, nah. you know, I don't know how many times I've had students join my course and say, you know what? I was thinking about you and someone else, but I chose you ultimately because you got back to my, you answered my question over the weekend. It, it's That's just huge. Yeah, exactly. Yeah.
0: Yeah, these are so incredible, too, because it's just you're finding ways to really nurture. You know, it's not just getting engagement because it looks good for you. And, oh, I want more comments and blah, blah, blah. But you're truly nurturing and creating a relationship with your customer. So they'd be more willing to give you their time, their email address, which leads us straight into. And you talked about a little bit with the chat that kind of leads directly into generating leads. And you know, I know a lot of people are like, okay, Instagram's great, but it's not my email list. So how can we tie these two together?
1: Yeah. There was this movement for so long on Instagram when you only had the one link in your bio. And so every post was like, tap the link in my bio and go to the link. And we just became obsessed with driving people off and away from our Instagram profile. Mm -hmm. And the thing is, people are... (sighs) Not lazy, but they're just wanting to relax they're scrolling Instagram for a brain break right they're they're on the bus they're in line for coffee, whatever it is they're going to bed you know they're just relaxing, so chances of them wanting to leave the app are slim. so what I find with lead generation you can relax on trying to get people off of the app and you can really work on cultivating someone who could be a lead in your business directly in the app and now it's not as tight of a system as it would be by, you know, sending them to your email list and then they get a welcome email and then they get another one. Right. It's not like that. It's, it's going to take a little bit more work and effort on your part. But some of my top case studies, some of my best students have earned, I'm thinking of one named Becky Keene. She's earned over $50,000 directly from sales that she's closed through Instagram and especially wow. DMs right? Because she'll post amazing content. She'll pique their curiosity. She'll always find a way to make that connection in the DMs. That's how she books people to her one-on-one coaching or her group coaching. So she's sent me messages over the year being like another 5,000 from Instagram. They found me on Instagram and we talked on Instagram and now they're a sale. So yeah, so that's why lead generation is less about driving people to your list, which you definitely can. I mean, I, I get email subscribers from Instagram all the time. But when it comes to, let's say you have a thousand followers, you know, really work on cultivating the relationship in the app, if that's what they like. It depends on your demographic, right? Some people don't like typing in an app. Maybe they want to like call or or jump on a phone call. So yeah. understand your demographic and how they communicate And if you're like me and you don't like being on a tiny phone trying to type because I have big fingers and it's just awkward for me, (laughs) embrace the desktop. Instagram and Facebook, and I keep saying Facebook because Facebook owns Instagram, but they have created so many tools for us to manage our relationships on Instagram through desktop. So I'm often just pulling up Instagram.com. There's now a inbox right there in my profile when I'm signed in, and I just blitz through my DMs directly um, from my desktop and and send links, do all that great stuff, and really get those leads growing from there.
0: Yeah the the thing that I can't stop hearing is that number that 1,000 followers because I I think a lot of people get so stuck on 10,000 so that they can use the swipe up feature, and it sounds like you know, the sales funnel through Instagram can be so impactful with even a small number of followers. And I know you have a lot of case studies for your own clients who have, you know, brought in huge amounts of revenue through this. So could you talk a little bit about how we can use it as a sales funnel?
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's exactly it. Uh, A couple years ago, you were able to get the swipe up feature once you had 10,000 followers and a business account. And I noticed people became obsessed and by people, I mean business owners. And they would do some tactics just to get to 10,000 followers. So they would buy followers or they'd hire an expensive agency who was clearly like just sending them followers, you know, like it's not natural to grow a thousand a week, for example. And so I could tell like they were spending a lot of money to hit 10,000 just so they can have that ability to say, swipe up and link people to a link. But remember As we've discussed, Instagram is a relationship building platform. You don't need to constantly send people to links all around the internet. They just want to hang out with you there. That's where they're comfortable. So I decided on 1,000 after studying Kevin Kelly's theory of 1,000 true fans, right? Mm -hmm. And I applied that to Instagram as initially a test. And I had my students try it out. And I said, let's work together to just reach a thousand quality followers, meaning you're not buying, you know, you're not doing follow and follow all those old tactics that worked on Instagram once. but you're slowly but surely attracting people through your content and your engagement strategies. And those are the people, if you look at my website on my case studies, those are the people who generally had less than a thousand followers. They were the ones booking in clients sales, $5,000, $10,000. So that theory of Kevin Kelly's has proven to work for Instagram as well. You don't need those sexy features. I For those of my students, for those who really want 10,000 followers, I get it. I use the swipe up feature a lot, but... I find that more often than not, you actually don't need it. That swipe up feature is really good if you're someone who's publishing a lot of content on different platforms like YouTube or your blog, you know, and that will always generate lots of new links. If you're someone who's got a content strategy that you're always generating new links, yes, it's useful. But for the business owner who's in the first like one to two or three years generally don't have that system in place, you can close sales just with those a thousand followers.
0: Yeah, that's I think that's a, probably a big relief for some of the people listening. I know, you know, some people listening, including myself are probably imagining this really complicated, like sale convert sales conversation and close and and all that stuff. I'd love to hear just what it looks like inside a DM when you're pitching and closing someone.
1: Yes, absolutely. So coming back to Instagram being a sales funnel, let's say you are someone who has 500 followers today and you're on your way to a thousand, you're not going to necessarily be using the swipe up feature unless you're running an ad. That's another way that you can do it. You'll have the one link in your bio and then you'll have DMs, direct messages. That's where you are going to really use Instagram as a sales funnel. So the way that it generally works is kind of like the seasons method that I mentioned where The first part of any funnel or customer journey experience is you need to put out content that will attract that person, attract the target customer that you're going to want in your business, because you're not trying to attract everyone in the world. You have a very specific person in mind, so your content should be speaking to them. And even actually before your content, your bio, your profile should be speaking to them. This is where a lot of people convolute their messaging because they don't want to be too niche. They don't want to turn people away. And this is something that I do with my students on a monthly basis. I go live inside of our student group and I review a handful of profiles. And more times than not, their messaging is way too broad. It's too confusing. Mm. And that's a first impression that they're making on that person who's coming to their profile because of their content, and they're likely losing them. So first part is making sure you're attractive to your right person through your your entire bio profile and your content strategy. Then after that, it's a matter of cultivating that engagement, right? Using your call to actions or even doing outreach on your part by finding target accounts, someone who looks like they would be perfect for you following them replying to their stories that creates that dm thread but you really want to work on building that engagement and that that feedback loop so so to speak and then once you start to have those dm threads popping up those questions you know hey i saw your post about so and so and i wanted to ask you more about those are the leads so Hmm. in instagram itself you can actually flag them as an important conversation so that's one way that you can generate and, and keep track of your leads. You can get into a spreadsheet if you want. You can use a Trello board. You can use Asana where you just pop in their handle or their URL just so you're not losing them in the app. That's, right. that's important. It's really like once you have that DM thread, that private connection, you're just going to treat them as you would any real human, right? They're not a number. They're not a profile. They're a real human. So help them out, answer their questions, link them to any resources that you have that would help them out, offer to jump on a free call with them. All depends on your business model, right? If you're a coach, chances are you are going to want to offer a free call. So find a way to get that into the conversation. Of course, you're not going to come out with that. You're not going to pitch someone that. Again, you're just going to treat them as a real human because that's who they are. So if you're a coach, it would be a call. If you are someone like me where I have a lot of digital products, I'm usually sending people to free content like YouTube channel my, or a YouTube video or a blog because mm. within that free content, I've already built in like the next step, the right. call to action, which is to a paid product. If you're a product brand, you can send them to a specific collection you might have, your sales page. customer support page, like whatever makes most sense for them to take the next step in your business. And that's how you treat Instagram as a sales funnel. That's how I have students with less than a thousand followers booking in five figures to their business. Um, That's so incredible. (laughs) Yeah. And I just had one more thought about that is in all our conversation about relationship building and DMs and conversations, that does take more time and effort. But what I've noticed with myself and my students is while those things take more priority and more time, guess mm-hmm. what kind of drops down a little bit? Your actual feed posts. The amount of times you have to post, it drops, right? Your priorities shift a little bit. So if you're hearing this and feeling overwhelmed, like, oh, I have to post five times, five times a week and I have to like answer all my DMs every day and do this and no, you don't have to. I used to post every day of the week. And now my posting schedule for my feed is, my goal is three times a week. And I don't even hit that wow. all the time. So that's the power in swi- switching your perspective. Put out really good quality content. Don't put out just an old stock photo and an old you know, random quote that doesn't really work on Instagram again. So create high quality content, but you don't have to create as much of it make sure that your content has legs. It's going to reach the right people and then spend the rest of your time really working and cultivating those relationships.
0: Yeah, that's so huge and such good advice. I know we're getting to the end and I want to make sure to kind of address the elephant in the room, which is, you know, that obviously the feed is really important, but right now stories are huge and video is huge and especially short form video is huge. So, could
1: you tell us just where do we start? <laughs> Please help. <laughs> such a good question and such a focus, you're right, especially in 2020 where quarantine happened for the first time in the world, lockdown, and guess what people were looking for escaping reality and they a lot of people found that through TikTok. TikTok is short form entertaining videos. So no surprise, by August of 2020, Instagram rolls out its own version, which is Reels. Now, it's, Reels isn't quite as, you know, complex, I would say, is TikTok. It's not as advanced. So if you've ever tried TikTok and you're just like, I have no idea where to start (laughs) because it can be a lot. Honestly, it took me like six months from the time that I first recorded myself going through the TikTok app and we put it on my YouTube channel. It took about six months for for me to actually understand how to edit and create a video. Yeah, the editor is insane. Yeah, it just felt (laughs) like this whole other language. And like teens like to have their own secret language because us Millennials or older people just can't figure it out. And that's how I felt. (laughs) And uh, so Reels is actually a much more simple version of TikTok. Some people don't like it. Some people are appreciative of that. And again, it's designed for you to create short form video content, 15 second videos, maybe 30 seconds. And they're not like YouTube videos where it's long, drawn out, talking head videos. You get some great features like music. You get disappearing text. You get stickers, depending on you know TikTok or Reels, you get lots of filters and effects that do some really cool things. And that all helps you tell a story. That's what we're ultimately doing with these short form videos is we're telling a story, whether it's something entertaining or maybe it's a tip. The way I like to tell my students about or teach them about Reels is say, hey, you've been on Instagram stories, right? You have filmed yourself talking to your phone and you've put it out there. That can be the exact same thing with Reels Hmm. and TikTok. It can be that simple. I would even say that the content that I'm seeing on Instagram Reels, it's pretty straightforward. It's a lot of like people just talking on video or it's people pointing to music and they're pointing to text on their screen, right? That's us business owners. That's to the extent that we're going to go. So it can be that simple. It doesn't have to be overwhelming. Your first step is just to... Become a little more comfortable being on camera. And if you're not there yet, I say, try out Instagram stories first. It's 15 second clips. They disappear after 24 hours. Once that feels good, feels okay, then go ahead and you can do the exact same thing for Instagram Reels. It will live on your profile longer than 24 hours. And I didn't even get to the best part. The best part (laughs) is that all these platforms, TikTok and Instagram, are pushing short form videos right now like crazy. So people are seeing 10x the regular engagement and views of their videos than they ever did on their stories, on their IGTV. So, you know, the time is still now. Even though it might feel too late, I do think that a lot of social platforms are moving towards video, we all have short attention spans. So short form videos are doing really well. And if you try, if you just post and try, I think that your video is going to get way more views and engagement than any other type of content you've posted. So it's worth a try for sure.
0: Yeah. Awesome. Just awesome reminder just to give something a shot and you don't have to jump straight into making TikToks. You can start with stories and some like, you know, dip your toe in, get comfortable. Elise, It's clear like you just have a huge amount of knowledge. Thank you so much for coming on and like giving a little bit to us. I do have one final question, but before I ask that, I'd love to know where can people reach out to you, find out more about you, buy something from you, whatever you want to plug.
1: Well, if I haven't hammered this home yet enough, (laughs) the place to reach out to me would be Instagram. My profile is at Elise Dharma. And yes, you can send me a DM. It is myself and my team member who monitor the DMs. So That's another thing we didn't get to. But absolutely, you can bring in support. You can bring in team members to help you manage your Instagram DMs, because it really is a customer support tool, right? So Instagram is the best place to connect with me. My YouTube channel is the best place to learn from me. Lots of Instagram related tutorials and demos for business owners. And if you want to learn more about the story seasons method, I've really encompassed this method in my product called Story Vault. So you can check that out at storyvault.co.
0: Awesome. Elise, our final question is, If you could go back in time, let's say to that Elise that, you know, had gotten her first job, if you could go back in time and tell this Elise anything at all, knowing what you know now, what would you tell her and why?
1: What I would tell uh, 18-year-old Elise would drive her crazy, but it's (laughs) it's probably what she needs to hear and, and do the most, which is just to relax and enjoy the phase of life that you're in right now. I look at myself when I was a teenager and a 20 something, and I just had so much pressure on myself to grow up, to figure out this phase of life, to make money, to be an adult. And I don't know why. (laughs) I'm in my 30s now and my perspective is a lot different, but it was just like this angst to get through that phase of life. And I didn't enjoy it looking back as much as I could have. So I would have told 18-year-old Elise to relax a little bit and not take things so seriously and that everything is going to work out. just might not be on her controlled timeline, (laughs) but it will all work out. Right. You just knew you were meant for more. Mm -hmm. It's true. It's true.
0: Well, Elise, this was just absolutely awesome. I loved it. And we're so
1: happy to have you on. Thanks, Jenna. It's been a pleasure chatting with you. I'm I'm looking forward to connecting with you more.
0: Yeah. And to you out there listening, it means so much to have a little bit of your day each week. We'll see you same time, same place next week. Goodbye.